Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today's a good day because it's a new day. And no better time than now to hang out with Dr. Sharice Johnson, psychotherapist and mindfulness practitioner and author of the book, Inspired Mindsets, releasing patterns that no longer serve you well. It's go time. What you got for us, Doc? What's up, good people? Welcome to another episode of Dear Dr. Sharice. As always, I'm glad that you're here. I'm excited about, I'm always excited. Okay, let's be real. But (laughs) I am excited to be covering a question from an anonymous listener in New Jersey that I feel like isn't talked about enough and is extremely important to me as a therapist. Because so much of what this person has said is vital, I am going to read a part of their question while still, of course, protecting their identity because I want to give you the full spectrum of where we're headed. The person asked, I'd love to hear your thoughts for people such as myself who've been gone to therapy for years, been inpatient multiple times, done outpatient therapy, but more specifically, in recent times, they have taken the tools that they've been given CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, journaling, XYZ, and they still find that they struggle or feel off on certain days. And then on the days that aren't their best, they feel overwhelmed by anxiety and really every part of their life. So that lends us to this space around what happens if you feel like things that you have worked on or things in therapy don't necessarily work for you. And I do love this topic for multiple reasons. One, when you have different situations in your life, depending on how long they've been there, how long they've been in place and kind of active in your body, it takes a lot, a lot of time to work through them. That doesn't mean don't work. And it doesn't always mean that going to inpatient treatment or having outpatient therapy, if you've been able to participate in those types of things, hasn't been effective. But what we do sometimes see, and really more often than not, is there are different approaches to helping you move through traumatic experiences. Some are what we call top-down, which are the CBT and the DBT that I mentioned. Talk therapy is a top-down approach that focuses a lot on what is happening for you mentally and in your mind. The other part that is often overlooked unless you learn about it, and I'm here to fill you in, is what we call bottom-up approaches that are going to focus on your somatic nervous system, your nervous system as a whole, and how you organize that trauma and how it's held in your body. Let me give you an example. Let's say that there is someone who has suffered with a history of emotionally abusive situations. Even though that emotional abuse may have come to them through somebody saying something to them, they also felt it. They felt it when they were in spaces with maybe a parent or a caretaker that wasn't safe, an aunt, an uncle, even a friend or someone that they thought was supposed to be a partner or someone to love them. 
your body takes that on. Really get into that. Think about when you're in proximity or you're anticipating being in proximity with someone that overwhelms you, you feel it in every part of your body or you have totally numbed and disconnected from your body through a number of different ways in an ability of trying to stay safe. And that whole dynamic really puts you into this kind of paralysis when your system continues to be overwhelmed and overwhelmed by all of those different aspects. You could be in the best life ever and you're still going to find that you feel like everything is difficult because when you're anxious, when you're depressed, when you are carrying the physical and the metaphorical weight of trauma, everything slows down your, what we call your allostatic load, which means the load that your brain and your body and your emotions can handle together feels overwhelmed. It's like having a shelf and everything that's ever happened to you goes in a little box and gets placed on a shelf, placed on a shelf placed on a shelf. And then all of a sudden you're standing in the room and you're looking around and you see wall to wall from bottom to top full of boxes. And you notice these shelves are about to break. I can't move. If I move, everything is going to come crashing down. Talking can be useful, but it is not the only element to being able to heal and move through trauma. There are physical approaches. There are brain spotting, EMDR, different somatic experiencing approaches. And for the sake of time, I encourage you to look all of those up. But they're body-based approaches to trauma that are necessary if you feel like you only do well when you're taken out of your element and then you are working through situations. Here's another thing to keep in mind. It's not so much that therapy may not have worked for you, but even after you come out of a session or if you have been inpatient, there are going to be things about your life that need to change. So we often believe, I'm going to go, someone is going to tell me how to go back into life and manage life without anything changing But in order for you to get better, I want you to think about it. I love giving analogies. If you hurt your leg and you come back from surgery and it's in a cast, you have to change what happens for the next several months so that your leg can heal. You might need to elevate that leg. You might need to keep it straight. You might need certain support in the house or how you sleep or you need people to help you do certain things so that you can keep that leg securely in place until it's healed and until it's ready to be used. And even after it comes out of the cast, there is a process, right, of rebuilding the amount of flexibility and the pliability and the strength in it so that it can return. So if you're listening and you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of following you. I'm connecting. This feels like me a little bit. You go, you hear things that you find useful and helpful. 
But then you get back into your situation and you feel like things are falling apart. What that means is things in your situation have to change. You want to be able to be honest about yourself and go, hey, I'm in recovery. Whether that is from an addiction, whether that is from trauma, whether that is from anxiety, depression, overwhelm, people pleasing from a number of things. And the whole concept of being in recovery means that you need a recovery room. You need the room to recover in your life. But when you go back to circumstances and people and situations and relationships that are exactly the way you left them, it's very difficult for you to be your recovered self in a situation that may still be toxic. So Here's today's hard truth. Part of you being able to move forward and recover means that you're going to have to reestablish the way your life is set up. That may mean that you need more support from a spouse or partner if they're available or for family members or from your community so that your children have a different level of support. You may be in a really tough place as a parent where you recognize that because you haven't felt well, you have potentially allowed your children to pick up behaviors that add stress to you, or you're just doing too much. You're doing too much by yourself, but there's this part of you that might think, well, because I was gone or because I have taken this time for myself, I'm supposed to be able to go back And everything is supposed to be wonderful and I should be okay. And that's just not reality. I really feel like if you take the time to step back, you know what you need, but you're going to have to find your voice and ask for it or acknowledge if you're in a situation that you realize part of what you're experiencing is due to the people that are in your life. And that makes it challenging because I know that there's somebody out there who's thinking, well, what if you know what you need, but the person in your life or the people in your life that you need it from aren't willing to give it to you? That's a whole can of worms. And it would be negligent of me to say some flippant statement like, oh, just get rid of them because let's be real, right? It's, it's not that easy. But it does require you to then determine if my needs for support can't be met by the people in my home, then where else can I pull in support? Where else am I willing to give myself permission to pull in what I need? Because the whole concept of you believing that you can show back up into life and do everything and be everything and pretend that you're okay and fine and when you don't, you feel guilty is counterproductive. The other thing that I want you to keep in concept is the whole dynamic of recovery room or making the room to recover also means acknowledging that your capacity is not what it used to be. I can say that in my own life even. Who I am right now in this age and this season is a different person, different set of resilience and capacity than I had 10 or 15 years ago for multiple reasons. So the part of you that may also be thinking, I want to get back to this part of me, or I want to be able to operate here, abandon that. It is not a sign of failure if you're honest with yourself and say, 
I can't do all of this anymore. Because it could be that part of the challenge that you're experiencing is you're going back into that environment. You don't want to ask anyone else to change. And the expectations that you are putting on yourself are unrealistic. You'll recover better if you are really intentional about your time, your rhythm, and what you're doing every day. One of the most key aspects of recovering from anything, addictions, traumas, mental health challenges, divorce, change, grief, is repetition. Is making sure that you have a vital habit of going to bed and waking up at a consistent time, which helps replenish and nourish your brain and your energy and your mood. What you are eating is also going to play a part in how your state of being goes up and down. And those pieces aren't always brought in to the recovery aspect. Another slight thing to consider is how are you starting your day? So if you know that you are a person that you're in a place where you need the room to recover and you become easily overwhelmed, then hopping up out of bed and immediately attending to the world's needs without tending to your own is going to be a problem. So even waking up 10 or 15 minutes earlier to start your day in quiet, to stretch, to hydrate, to make sure that you're eating and breathing can make a significant change with how you go through the day, as well as being able to self-regulate, to check in and ask yourself, what do I need? What needs to come off of my plate? Where do I need to make adjustments? You are not broken and what you're experiencing can improve, but instead of just focusing on what's happening in your mind, what I'm really hearing from this question and what I really want you to understand is your body is involved. You, we are all an integrated dynamic. It is not possible to only work on our mind and not work on the entire health of our life. Part of why I love working with people through an integrative approach is we need to look at what's happening physically, what's happening financially, what's happening socially, what's happening emotionally, what's happening spiritually. Another part of recovery and learning how to kind of live well in that space means do I also have things that I look forward to? What's bringing me hope? What's giving me joy? Where am I getting in my needs instead of spending my time meeting everyone else's need? So what do you do with all this information? I want you to recognize you might even need to replay the little bits and pieces that I talked about integrating into your day. I want you to look at a typical week in your life and go, is there enough room to recover in the way that my life is set up? Or are you in a situation where recovery is over here and then your regular day-to-day -day life feels like something else and you just wake up and go do everything that everyone else needs until you're about to fall apart, until you burn out, until you want to back away and for everything to go away? It doesn't have to be that way. That's all or none. 
and recovering and using the tools that you have learned or you're starting to learn, depending upon where you are in your journey, is a matter of being consistent. And it doesn't take a lot of time. And even a few minutes a day throughout the day, hydrating, moving, getting rest, checking in, making adjustments to your schedule, saying no to the right things, and yes to the things that bring you joy, all of those little habits stack up to give you the room to breathe and to change. Because at its foundation, healing means I have now created a life where I don't have to escape. I've now created a life that if rest is the need, I can rest without guilt or while I'm working through the guilt. If movement is the need, I have the time in my day that I can do that for myself and help move through and help shake off the things that I'm carrying. But it's a wide array and a recipe of you making sure that you understand that you are not going to wake up and be the same person every day. And that on the mornings that you feel that heaviness, that those are the mornings that you are most compassionate to yourself because you are going to have ebbs and flows and shifts in your mood. The key is, and I love telling people this who come in contact with me, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging your emotions or having a difficult moment, but don't pitch it. Don't stay there and let it take you out. Move through it instead of getting stuck in it. Go back, listen to this, share it with someone else who might be experiencing something similar that you've heard in conversation or discussion or relationship. And as always, know that knowledge is not power without application. So do all that you can to get understanding and to take action in your life.